Are you really, really ready for a change in your life? Then welcome to Unfuck Your Life with trailblazing, sassy, and crazy redhead, Lisa Grundon. She cusses. She says the truth. She won't blow hot air up your skirts, ladies. Be ready to create a kick-ass life. And now, here is Unfuck Your Life with your hostess, Lisa Grundon. Hello, everybody. This is Lisa. Welcome to another episode. And we're talking all about irresistibility here. And I'm starting a monthly, a monthly program on confessions of a recovering, not former, confessions of a recovering people pleaser. Raise your hands if you're one of them. People please, people please, people please. You know what that's like. And that's why I created Irresistible You Boot Camp. So those things that we're doing and that we're doing over and over and over again, we can become consciously aware of and draw in that that energy, that aura, that irresistibility-ness of us that puts us First, that's Irresistible You Bootcamp, and just go to YourSecondActWithLisa.com. That is YourSecondActWithLisa.com, and let's talk irresistibility. For right now, Chapter 1, Confessions of Recovering People Pleaser. You know, there I am saying ums. (laughs) You know, I first became aware I was a people pleaser not that long ago. I didn't realize what an archetype this was running my life, running through my life. I mean, running so rampant. I would put complete and total strangers ahead of me. For example, things like, you know, if someone was behind me in line, I'd, you know, move super fast and try not to inconvenience anybody. I would always be doing something so fast and not for myself. I'd be something doing something so quickly so I wouldn't be inconveniencing somebody else. And that's crazy, right? It's completely and totally crazy. And I know totally where I got it from. It happened when I was very young. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Don't ask for this. Don't ask for that. Make sure you're doing this for these people. Make sure you're doing that for these people. Always, always, always. I don't know, oldest daughter syndrome, exactly what it is. Is there anybody else in the house who has that those people-pleasing tendencies? And, you know, they just, they just, they're everywhere. And without thinking about it, not looking to the left, not looking to the right, not noticing anything. And all of a sudden, zip, there's somebody who needs prompt attention. They need some help. Let's help them out. There's a difference between having to do that and having to do it and feeling badly about oneself if you're not doing it. And difference between, you know what, someone genuinely looks like they need some help. Maybe I can be of service. I can help them. Though, and helping them makes me feel better. And how does it get any better than that? Really? So... Always asking questions when you're about to do something, when you're about to do something, especially when you're about to do something for someone else. Chapter one, the first step in the recovering process is always ask a question. Truth, am I doing this because I have to, I have no choice, or am I doing this because it will make me feel good? And really get in alignment with that at first 
you might always be saying, well, of course I'm doing this because it'll make me feel good because we're so used to that thinking. We're so used to being stuck in that energy. We're so used to that's the way it works. And to tell you the truth, leaning in, asking that question, am I doing this because I feel I have no other choice? Ooh, that can feel so tight and so constricted. And so, oh, I don't want to go there. I just want to go to where it feels good. I just want to go to where it feels good. You know what I mean? And that leaning into that, am I doing this because I have to? Sometimes you might be kind of aware of a sickening feeling in your stomach. It might kind of feel like you have to throw up. It might feel like, I don't know, birds and butterflies and cockroaches and everything just in your belly. And it's like, I don't want to feel this way. I know. Gorgeous beings, I know. I know, I know, I know. I am blessed to have a fabulous husband who is always asking me, hmm, are you people-pleasing again? I don't always appreciate it when he says that to me. However, I am appreciating the fact that he's drawing my attention to it because, you know, that's half the, that's half the journey there is knowing what exactly am I doing here? Because we have so many things that run on autopilot. I mean, think about when you're driving, if you're driving a normal route, if even now you're driving to and from work or you're driving to and from a school or you're driving to and from a church. And how consciously aware are you on that drive? Sometimes it just feels like the car knows which way to go and you go. Have you ever started off in one direction where your work was and you were actually heading to someone's house and you wound up at work instead of their house? I know a lot of people that's happened to and including this chick here has happened, you know, we're on autopilot. And so that people pleasing skill, because it's so built into us. I mean, I've been doing mine for five plus decades. Does this person need that? Is there anything else I should be doing? Is there anything else? And being so uncomfortable about it, because here's a, a really good thing is it's a awareness piece, I should say, is that you might kind of be on edge that there's something you're supposed to be doing. There's something you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, whether you're at work, whether it's a pleasurable thing, whether you're at a party, it just feels like you can't relax. That it's just, there's something you're supposed to be doing. There's some kind of shoe that's going to fall. Something's going to go wrong. The whole party will blow up and it will be all your fault. And it's not true. Hey, if the whole party blows up, then it creates an even better party. I know I have an example of this and I can't think about it right now. Oh, I remember. Okay. So we were having a party for my cousin. It was her birthday. So we were having a party and my mom always cooks dinner for her. My mom is her favorite aunt. She came over and it's always ribs and lasagna. Don't tell me how those two foods go together. They just happen to be Joyce's favorites. And so that's what's always the combination is. My dad always, no matter what time of year it is, my dad always grilled in the garage. Always grilled in the garage, always grilled in the garage. He'd done it forever. And so he's grilling the ribs in the garage and you can imagine they're smoking you know there's just all of this smoke billowing out of the garage and we don't think anything of it because the guy's been doing this for you know a couple of decades now at this point I mean my cousin Joy started going over to my mom's for dinner I think before the year 2000 it's been a long time 
And anyway, so we all had just settled down, not for a long winter's nap. We just settled down at the table to eat. And all, we could hear these alarms. We could hear these sirens in the background. But, you know, you hear sirens all the time, right? And all of a sudden, there is a knock on the back door, which is the garage door. And a guy peeps his head in. He goes, hey, we got a call that there was a fire here at this house. I see you were just grilling. Enjoy your food. I'll call off the fire trucks. Bye. I'll call off the fire trucks. Bye. <laughs> the girl just like in between a bite here, right? And we're all just like, what just happened? We're just having a party here. It's like, oh, okay. We're used to the smoke billowing out of the garage. A brand new neighbor across the street is being a really great Samaritan going, hey, my neighbor's house is on fire. And calling, calling the authorities and calling 911 and, and doing the right thing. So back to the story of people pleasing. I didn't go there, but I could have easily went, oh, my gosh, you know, somehow I must have been able to have let them know that it wasn't really a fire or something like that. It wasn't what I thought at the time. However, it's a really good example. They seem crazy to other people. And to us, it seems perfectly normal. It seems like a perfectly normal thing to do. And that's why it's so important to ask, am I doing this because I have to? Is it going to be all my fault if something goes wrong? Or am I doing this because I'm going to have fun with it, because I'm going to enjoy it, because it's going to be a great experience for me as well as a great experience for them. Important distinction there, and it doesn't always happen the first, second, maybe even the hundredth time. It's a work in progress. It's totally a work in progress. And the second thing, the second thing, the second thing, tip number two, is never be afraid to ask for help. What? Let me say that again. Never be afraid to ask for help. Now, lots of people might be thinking, what do you mean never be afraid to ask for help? I ask for help all the time. Some people do, and some people don't. We think that we have to do it all ourselves, so we can't make mistakes, we can't get it wrong, we can't ask for help because that'll be like a, a sign of weakness, or your insecurities will pop, or someone, depending upon your programming, somebody might be yelling at you because you couldn't figure it out yourself, you couldn't do it all yourself, you had to, you had to get help for somebody else. I mean, that was, I can, I can really remember for my own story that when I would ask that question, Dollars to donuts, my father would say, what do you mean you don't know? How could you not know? Everybody knows this. How could you not know that? You don't have the brains God gave a doorknob. Wow, that could be pretty crushing. That could be really, really crushing. It was very crushing at that time, and it was very crushing for a very long time. I can't tell you how many times that I got an A on a test or that I got an A in the class or all the different classes I took, hoping to get some kind of validation that I was smart, that I was, that I was okay. And I've had a lot of clients and many of them have had multiple PhDs. And I had one particular client who had three PhDs and still could not convince herself that her father knew she was smart. She was intelligent, three PhDs. And that's why I really want to draw this. Don't assume you have to know all the answers. Don't assume you have to do everything all by yourself. This is a, it's an archetype. It's a, it's a paradigm. It's the way 
We've been running our lives for a very long time in that people-pleasing mode. In that people-pleasing mode. And you know what? We don't need to do that anymore. You'll walk away with that. Sometimes the smartest thing you can do is ask for help. I'm holding 15 things in my hand. I got them balanced exactly right. But if one of them moves, everything's going to fall. Anybody ever done that in the grocery store? My husband always insists now that I take a cart. Because, you know, even if I'm running in for just one thing, somehow more things get picked up along the way. Always, always, always ask for help. Always ask for help. Even if it's a clarification. It doesn't show a weakness of you. It shows a strength of you. Weakness is not vulnerability. Vulnerability is not a weakness. Vulnerability is strength. It takes a lot of courage to show our soft little underbellies. It takes a lot of courage to show our soft little underbellies. Ask questions. So three you know what, in my path of a recovering people pleaser, it's a mentors, you know? And here's the difference between a mentor and someone who's further just going to tell you, this is how you do it, this is how you do it, and that's it. Don't do it any other way, that's it. A mentor is somebody who listens, and a mentor is someone who guides. A mentor is someone who leads by example, It doesn't mean that it's always blissful. It doesn't mean that it's always easy. And it doesn't mean that it's always kind. However, someone assisting you being the greatest you that you can ever be is the greatest kindness that anyone could ever gift you with. Trouble is, it doesn't always feel like it at the time because it feels kind of like, hey, They're getting all your stuff and they're showing it all up in your face and they're talking a lot of smack and they're talking a lot of trash and they're bringing you down. No. Mentor is someone who has your back. And you know this because as they're guiding you through the process, they're there when you hit the wall. Now, a mentor doesn't help you through it. They guide you through it. Like, for example, way back when we were in biology class, back in 10th grade, there was a chrysalis that a butterfly was birthing from. And one of the kids, I wasn't around when it happened. I don't think even the teacher was around when it happened. This child was this child. We were in 10th grade. This kid was in the classroom um, by himself, and he saw the butterfly breaking through. And it was so hard for the butterfly. The butterfly was really struggling. And so the kid helped break the chrysalis up so that the butterfly could come out. Sounds like a really nice thing to do, right? However, the butterfly gets all of its strength in learning to fly by breaking through. That difficult journey of breaking out of that shell is what gives the butterfly its strength to flap those wings and fly. And so because the butterfly did not do that, the butterfly quickly perished and never was able to fly. So this is not a wrongness of him. This is just something that happened. And so some of the greatest mentors, some of the greatest teachers have let you fall on your face, have let you struggle. And they've been there just with you, perhaps being a cheerleader perhaps asking you a couple of questions, perhaps being a sounding board. 
for you to listen to because you gain your strength as you face your struggles, your challenges, just like that butterfly has to do to complete the transformation from caterpillar to butterfly, from being a creature that crawls to a creature that flies. One isn't better, one isn't worse. However, butterflies are meant to fly and caterpillars are meant to crawl. That's all. That's it. So you were never meant to people please at the expense of yourself. Never. You were never supposed to put yourself dead last. And I know that's the message that so many of us got is that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to come last. No, it's not. It's not true. It's never been true. Erase it. Eradicate it. Let's let that go and pivot off of that energy. A recovering people pleaser. So sometimes I still catch myself people pleasing. And so what I do is I acknowledge it. I acknowledge what you're aware of, the good, the bad, the ugly, the not so great, the rightness, the wrongness, and there is no wrongness of something, by the way. Never make yourself wrong. Just acknowledge it. Hmm, that's how, that's how I chose to respond in that moment. I wonder how I can respond next. And you can even go back and replay that in your mind, responding differently, because your mind does not know the difference. And the same neural pathways are are created between what you've actually done and what you've imagined you've done. And that's part of the pivot, is catching yourself. That's it. Catching that awareness. Acknowledging. Acknowledging exactly what happened. And pivoting where you choose to pivot. Which means that where you chose to people please, now you shift, turn around, 180. Practice saying the word no. In the mirror, say the word no. And maybe you say it really forcefully. Maybe you say it really loudly. And you'll get to that place where it comes from your solar plexus, from so deep inside of you that the no is a a resounding no. It's a resounding no. Sometimes when we were kids, we knew when that no came from our moms after we'd asked them 15 million times for something. And maybe the no was a scream, but usually that last no was, uh, okay, I get it. No means no. And practice that. Practice that. And that's not saying no to you. It's not saying no to opportunities for you. It's saying no to the things that you would have to do for other people. People pleasing. Not the things to do for yourself. There is a difference. So ask a question there. Is this for my benefit or someone else's benefit? There's all kinds of questions that you can ask about this. And these questions can be asked very quickly and you get used to it. You get so used to it. And dear one, beautiful, gorgeous beings, do not ever make yourself wrong. And if you do make yourself wrong, catch it and go, you know what? I'm really not wrong about this. I'm not wrong about this. I'm going to stop beating myself up because I think I've been wrong. Stop beating yourself up. Put down that stick. Put down that device where you've been smacking the crap out of yourself for a very long time. Do we do things for other people? Absolutely. Absolutely, we do things for other people. We do random acts of kindness. We do acts of kindness all the time, never at the expense of you. 
For example, if you needed the time to study and somebody else wanted to help you do something different. I can remember one time when my sister, she has the not-so-nice tendencies. It was my son's birthday, and she hammered on me and hammered on me that she didn't want to come to the party. That's okay. She wanted to spend time with her family. That's okay. I needed to go to her house out of my way. I needed to go do that to pick up the present so he could get his gift on time. And I kept saying no. And she kept she kept hammering away at me. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do it. I know how much I can manage. And I had a bunch of errands to run that day. I know how much I can manage. And this puts it over the top. <laughs> so the answer was no there. And I just let it go. And I went about my errands. And I had made the cake before I left. And I came back. And the dogs that I had at that time were Tipper and Twerp and Maisie Girl. Those are the three dogs I had at that time. I've been blessed to have so many different dogs in my life. And unfortunately, they just don't live as long as I do. So anyway, Tipper was part Border Collie and Tipper was super smart. Tipper was really smart. So what Tipper did is Tipper wasn't quite tall enough to reach the middle of the table because I specifically put it there because they couldn't reach it. So that very intelligent dog pushed, I'm not kidding you, pushed a chair over to the table, climbed up onto the chair and proceeded to eat the birthday cake. And I'm just like, see, I knew when I got home, I'm like, see, I knew I didn't have any extra time because now I got to go make another cake, right? And (laughs) I moved all the movable furniture off of the first floor because I had a dog that was just too smart, So Border Collies are fabulous dogs. Just be aware they're very smart. And so always, Chapter 1, Confessions of Recovering People Pleaser, remember, always ask questions. Always ask questions. Am I doing this because I feel I have to? Am I doing this because I'd really like to? Very important distinction. It's always different. Can we help people? Absolutely. Never at the expense of ourselves. Never be afraid to ask for help. It doesn't show a weakness. It shows a strength to ask for help and look for mentors. Look for mentors to help you on this beautiful journey. They're not always going to to think they're always going to pick you up. They're always going to be there for you. And a good mentor will let you fall more than once. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. You'll probably get angry with them and all that. And in the end, you know, they absolutely have your back. They absolutely have your back because when we fall, when we make those mistakes, when we lean into that which scares us, that's where the growth is. And everything that we've been wanting is just on the other side of that resistance. Have fun with it. Acknowledge yourself along the way and cheer on, cheer on. If you're a recovering people pleaser like me, absolutely cheer yourself on because, baby, you're going places. So till next time, this is Lisa. Sparkle on. I'll see you later. Have a fabulous week. You have fun. You feel empowered. You feel that confidence. Unfuck Your Life podcast is to help you grow your current self-worth to maximum confidence. So listen, subscribe, share, and get ready to have a kick-ass life. Interested in learning more about Lisa? Go to lisagrunden.com. 
L-I-S-A-G-R-U-N-D-E-N.com.